welcome back to Redirected. My name is Andrew East, and this is a show where we sit down with celebrities, athletes, entrepreneurs, really anybody who has experienced a pivot or change in life. I call these changes redirections, and at some point or another, we all go through them. And so I wanted to hear from people who have made it through these changes well in order to glean some wisdom for myself and hopefully share that wisdom with you. Today, we continue our Forbes 30 Under 30 series where we sit down with young, passionate people who have a vision for the future and a desire to change that future. And we sit down with Amber Vittoria, who is an artist based out of New York City. Um, Amber is really impressive. She talks about the struggles of being a full-time artist, and it's very difficult to do to, to make a living from that. And she talks about the unique ways that she has accomplished that goal. She's really impressively courageous and creative in how she's kind of maneuvered and built her career. Amber has been involved in a lot of different organizations, including VaynerMedia and Victoria's Secret. She talks about how her time at Victoria's Secret really brought to her attention the problems that society has in viewing women. And so she has some really unique things to share there. I, as a father of a newborn daughter, uh, really appreciated her perspective, and I hope you do too. If you want to find out more about Amber, see her paintings and what she's up to now, you can find her information in the show notes down below. And if you haven't subscribed to the show or given it a rating, please do so um, on whatever platform you're listening to. Without further ado, let's jump into it with Amber Vittoria. Amber, hello. Thank you so much for joining today. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. It's a pleasure to meet you. And I understand that you are recently married. Is that right? It is. Yeah. Pandemic wow. wedding. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Was it in August that you got married? Yeah. So almost almost two months ago now. I feel like, what is time? I'm like, it's already October. Yeah. Um, oh, but my yeah. gosh. I feel the same way. We, we have a one-year-old daughter now. And it's like we look back on this year and for so many different reasons, it's like, I don't even know what happened, but here we are. <laughs> So, I can only imagine. So I can only imagine with a young child yeah. too being like, "How are you bigger now?" <laughs> oh my god, walking around, terrorizing the house, the whole thing. That's amazing. But uh, anyway, congrats. We've Thank Sean you. and I've been married for four and a half years, and oh, I nice. think personally that that marriage is the coolest thing ever. So, so far, it's been um, great. Yeah, people are like, "What's the difference?" I'm like, "Well, we've been living together for several years, so yeah. not much, <laughs> but it's it's been good so far." Uh, Hey, so um, your Instagram bio says this. It says dismantling societal tropes set upon women. Okay, there's a lot. I first of all need you to explain what that means to me. But before we get there, yeah, I would love for you to set the stage of how you grew up, maybe what your parents were like, anything like you know the basics potted version of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so the Reader's Digest version of. <laughs> three decades. <laughs> um, so I grew up two hours north of New York City. So I, I'm in New York City um, in a town called Patterson, New York, um, for those that are familiar with the tri-state area. Um, for those not, it's like a suburban, almost rural-esque town. Um, and I love my family. I'm super close with them. Um, I have a younger brother uh, who currently lives in Boston. He's an MD, PhD candidate. So you're very opposite brains. Um, <laughs> but I, my parents were always really supportive of us kind of doing whatever we love to do, which I definitely know is a privilege to have, to have parents that support you in the arts um, is more rare, which is unfortunate. Um, but I was very lucky to have parents that kind of saw that I loved making art at a young age and were like, do you want to take classes outside of school? And I was like, yes, give me all the art classes. Um, <laughs> and I just realized 
pretty quickly on that that was the best way for me to be able to communicate like how I was feeling or what I was going through. Um, so it's really fun to look back at my artwork in like middle school and high school when I was like an angsty teenager. <laughs> but um, for me to be able to take those classes and kind of just like express myself in the way that felt most familiar to me was really awesome. Um, so as I got older and I was in high school, that's when I decided to um, apply for school that allowed me to study art. Um, I knew I wanted to go to college uh, just because that I loved learning in that setting. And um, so I applied to universities that had art programs. I didn't really want to go to just an art school, like just in case I changed my mind for whatever reason. Um, and to also meet people that studied things that were outside of the arts. I thought it was really important to have friends that had other interests um, outside of the art world. Um, so I went to Boston University's College of Fine Arts. So I lived in Boston for four years, which is really nice. Uh, cold but nice. And ironically, that's where my brother is now for his uh, MD PhD. Um, still cold, but also nice. Um, and I loved it there to be able to learn fine art and then evolve into graphic design was really fun. I chose design as a major just because I was still really unsure as to like what type of artist I wanted to be. I was 18 to 22 years old and I was like, I have my future self to figure that out. And at least graphic design allows me the opportunity to take different types of media and put it together to tell a story. Also, side note, you'll probably hear New York City outside. Man, I was yeah. like, is there a chopper coming in? Are we uh, under no. God, you gotta, you gotta go into the bathtub or hide under the couch. No, what? if I have to move into our bathroom, I will. No, no, Just no. let me know. Um, but... Yeah, so I feel like even though we're still kind of quiet, it's still kind of loud out there. Um, so yeah, when I graduated college, I moved home and I knew that I wanted to have a full-time job first just so I could learn how to work with others and to collaborate in a way that was different than college. And um, so I worked full-time at a few different places as a graphic designer and then an art director. Um, and then I always illustrated on the side. I found a lot of odd jobs through like Craigslist and then eventually as social media came about um, through different types of social media. And then once I got to a point about five or six years in where I felt comfortable enough to leave my full-time work, that's when I went into um, freelance full-time as an illustrator. And I've been doing that for about three years now. So yeah. I'm surprised to hear you say that uh, you found it most easy to communicate through illustration because i can already tell you're good at the word <laughs> <Not You're> good. <laughs> sometimes 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 i'm like uh, i don't know what i'm trying to say and then i'll just like sit there and dave will be like well i can't help you and i'm like i, know. I understand oh <laughs> uh, man well i believe one of your stops along the way was vayner media can you tell us about that experience yeah so actually where i met dave he still works there oh <laughs> he's, nice yeah he's been there for how old is he? 12 years now. Um, so wow. yeah, which is pretty cool. Um, so Vayner was great. And a lot of people, when they asked me like how I was able to like cultivate a following on Instagram by sharing my art, a lot of that was learned at Vayner Media. Um, it's much easier, at least in my opinion, to, you know, share your own personal work and personal story with others versus being a brand and trying to storytell just because I feel it's easier for humans to connect with other humans than connecting with brands. So to mm -hmm. kind of learn how to do that successfully for brands, I just kind of translated that into myself. Um, Vayner was great. 
just being an agency in general, I feel like, like every other agency in New York, the hours are really long. So that's mm. really when I realized I wanted to illustrate full time. And I just, I couldn't do that while being at an agency. So my first job out of college was at Victoria's Secret. I was a web designer then I was an art director at Vayner. And then I kind of took a back seat and I took a web design job at Avon. And that really allowed me the time back to really hard pivot uh, and focus on illustration. Um, and even though I loved Vayner and I love everyone that I know that has and still currently works there, it just made more sense for me to find a job that gave me time back to focus on what I really wanted to do. Was that a hard decision? So like here, you know, I'm an athlete I, and I, for whatever reason, still struggle. Like, oh, I just, I don't want to fully commit to not doing this thing yet. Like I enjoy it. It's been a big part of my life. Graphic design, similar to you, you had a steady job that you didn't have to leave. How did you take the leap? It was tough. I think it was like, in hindsight, I was like, ooh, I was pretty unhappy because I was so tired <laughs> all the yeah. time. So I think after a while of like, being tired of trying to do both and not being able to be uber happy or successful in my own definition of success in either I decided to choose what brought me more joy which was you know pursuing illustration that is so, an, an immense horn oh my god and I have noise canceling headphones <laughs> so I'm sorry uh, so here's the thing uh I feel like well I'm, I, I like National Geographic. And so they've done one on Picasso, on a couple artists, like kind of like these biographical insights. And at some point, the passion turns into a job. So I don't know if you've hit that threshold yet, but at some point, you know, there become so many orders or, or paintings that people pay you to do that it's like all of a sudden you're pulling the same long hours, but yeah. you're saying you just love doing that more than working at an agency. Yeah. I would say that like now I'm a professional email responder who happens to also <laughs> paint. <laughs> like, <laughs> so bad. That's freaking and people like, people are like, wow, you're so fast at email. And I'm like, I shouldn't take that as a compliment, but I'm gonna, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yes, it definitely does. Uh, but I tried my best. I try my best to balance it out too. So if they're, um, ever is that good problem of like having too much work come in. I try to schedule it out if there are, is some leniency with deadlines. Mm. Um, but sometimes I have to say no to things just to keep myself, um, mentally healthy. So that doesn't happen too, too often. Um, but I know a few freelance illustrators that that happens to a lot and you just have to kind of, you know, prioritize what is the most fulfilling to you. Mm. Um, so I, I do want to talk about this. I, I guess I didn't, I, I wasn't brave enough to pursue what I was actually good at, which coming out of high school. Um, and I don't know if I was actually conscious of it, but I was like a, a really good writer. Like English oh, was awesome. the thing I was best at, but I was like, I'm going to do engineering. I'm going to study that in college. And I was terrible. My grades were bad. <laughs> I didn't like it. And then I like, it was after I got my degree, like quite literally as I was walking across the stage, I was like, why the heck did <laughs> oh I gosh. do that? And I think, I think it was cause I was, you know, you look at, okay, if I do engineering, my job opportunities are going to be more abundant arts. You know, I feel like comedians make fun of art degrees a lot because what do you do with a whatever art, art degree, how yeah. walk, walk me through, you know, how you justified doing that and what you tell people who are also looking at doing an art degree. 
I feel that, I mean, it's definitely a privilege to be able to go to school for art, right? Just because it is, um, our society doesn't really um, lean into, you know, championing, championing that. Um, but I saw a pretty good ad the other day where it was like an ad about a girl becoming an engineer, which I think is also important to have representation, um, in STEM. But if you look at that ad, you have a copywriter that writes the copy, a photographer that takes the photo, an editor that edits it, a graphic designer that lays it out, a printmaker that does the print. So like, those are all art degrees. So I think it's more, I try to tell people that, um, you can study art and really become anything. I was watching a YouTube video last night where this um, artist, he was a design director. I don't know what his title would be, but you know all those like beautiful slow-mo shots of like alcohol, like mm, stills for yeah, um, yeah. commercials. Like that's all he did. And it's like this really beautiful, crazy rig that like slow-mo captures footage, but it has to go super fast because when you slow things down, the quality decreases. So like mm -hmm. I, what I tell people is like, as you grow older too, like even after you, um, you don't have to study art to eventually become an artist because a lot of it as technology changes, you're learning as well. So it's something that if you really want to do it and you have the privilege to um, go to school for art, great. But it's okay that it's might be something that comes later on in your life. You mentioned that the society doesn't really champion art and probably illustration is someone said that, uh, there's a select number of professions where you cre like create things. And I think those professions include like engineering, uh, like I guess writing is similar to illustration, but like, yeah. like video engineering, it, most, a lot of the creative, the people that are actually creating things are, um, I guess paid well in their profession. And then like of those people who create things, then the business people just are in charge of trying to sell the things that they created. But like illustration doesn't get the love like that. Unfortunately, it doesn't. I think, seem. yeah, it, it's definitely gotten better. I guess when I said that to you, I was thinking of when I was in high school, my, the principal at the time wrote this, like every principal writes their like yearbook message to the graduating class. Yeah, I graduated yeah, yeah. high school in 2008. And, um, it was basically like, I love seeing how you all love the arts, but you also have your backup parachute and are going to school for like uh, um, science and medicine. I was like, yo, what the fuck, man? Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to school. So like that for me, like at that time now, however, I think with the, I mean, even in the last 12 years, like the rise of social media and like the democratization of art through social media has really encouraged a lot of younger people to kind of see the opportunity that there is out there. So I think that if I were a senior in high school now, I would have a more realistic picture of all the different types of artists I could be as an adult. Whereas when I was in high school, I was like, figure it out as I go, future problems. So um, I, it's nice to see though that society has pivoted a bit more, but I hope to see that that continue to grow and people take arts as seriously as they do other majors and other um, career paths. Well, to your credit, uh, you were featured in an article called Nine Artists on How to Make a Living from Your Art. So that's pretty amazing. How, how have you seen uh, your ability to differentiate and, and do this as a profession? How, yeah. how have you done that? I think um, being shameless and reaching out to people to work with them is probably the number one thing that has helped me out. Um, when I was in college, a lot of 
artists would come talk. Some of them being like super famous, like Jenny Seville is this like crazy famous painter. And she came and did a talk at BU and she was basically like talking about her life and it was really awesome. And she's like, yeah, my senior thesis, you know, a gallery picked it up and like, here I am. I'm liking these. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very, is the word emotive? I forget what, yeah, I use my hands a lot. <laughs> um, but um, she was basically like, yeah, then now I, this is how I became an artist. And that was a pattern for a lot of the artists that came to visit. Um, they'd be like, oh yeah, Nike found my work or Adidas. And I'd be like, that's great. Like, how did they find you? And no, no one would really ever answer that. So as I, um, got older, I was like, well, I'm just going to find these people. I'm just going to email them. And that's how I get majority of my work still to date is I reach out to brands that I'm interested in working with and hope that they get back to me. Wow. Well, so uh, I, I don't know too many like pure creatives. And I do think that that creative minds are way different than mine. Like we know a couple of <laughs> musicians and they, they're like, so, um, I get they they view their art as so pure that they don't want any outside forces to like affect how they view their music, right? And so yeah. they like I do think that that that's a, a hiccup for some people is like, well, I don't want to reach out to a brand who's going to tell me how to write a song, you know? Yeah. Have you had to fight with that much or Sometimes I feel like usually it ends up being like a logistical battle of like, um, you know, we signed a scope for one particular type of project and then they really want to push you to make something that's clearly more expensive. And so that could get a little awkward. Uh, um, but for me, I try to be open. So I've definitely made work in my past that I just don't feel comfortable showing on my portfolio and then I eat, quickly put it out of my mind. But I try to learn something from those uh, projects that don't end up being my favorite, just because not everything you make is going to be your favorite. So I think the more that you can learn from working with others and trying wow. to tell a story together, for me is really important. Um, I'm not a musician though. The musicians that I know too as well kind of hesitate on that, but I'm like, ah, maybe that's a different medium. But yeah, at least yeah. for me in visual art, I try to make artwork for myself to kind of satiate that need of something that is fully mine. Um, but I also love making artwork with others, even though I'm the one executing it. That's cool. Um, that's a good perspective. So now we've talked about kind of who you are. I would love to talk about your art because it's um, inspiring, I guess is the adjective. Thanks. And we have a one-year-old daughter now. I'm currently in the process of buying as many uh, books. I, I She's one won't know how to read for, I actually don't know when a kid learns to read, but I want, I want books that are like, um, inspiring for her as a woman around our house, just like from the get go. So I'm going to buy like, it's probably going to be a hundred at the end of the day, but Aww. your back to your Instagram bio, it's dismantling societal tropes set upon women. Mm -hmm. Um, what does that mean? Yeah. So I get back to my history. I, a lot of this didn't come to me until hindsight, I think as many things. Um, but when I worked at Victoria's Secret, everyone I worked with there is really lovely and I'm friends with all of them, even though none of them, <laughs> even though none of them live in New York anymore. Anyway. Um, so, but as a web designer, a lot of the times we'd have to retouch, um, the background. So back then, um, there were still catalogs, so they're shooting vertical, but then the website at the time is horizontal. So we'd have to just edit in backgrounds, the actual model, um, herself and like the outfit that she was in 
was already touched, retouched by a professional. But even just being in there and adding in backgrounds to things and looking at that specific depiction of womanhood, um, I really struggled with. It um, affected my confidence, and I was like, I can't really relate to this mm. type of projection of women. Um, so that I definitely felt like I couldn't see myself in a commercial sense, like in advertising, whether it was commercials or online or in different brands. And then taking it a bit further back when I was in college, when we would go to different art museums and galleries, I would like look at all this artwork, majority of which was made by male artists. And then the pieces that did depict women were like very specific narratives. So it'd either be like overtly sexual or be like a religious commission. So very religious or um, very maternal. And even though all three of those are valid stories of womanhood, like they weren't really ones that I fit into. Um, so I wanted to start to make work that I could see myself in and kind of dismantle the fact that these are um, not the only paths that women can take in their lives. And like, this isn't the full picture of how women live. Um, so it's been really nice to see that other people see themselves within my work as well. And it just kind of shows that there's a breadth to womanhood that um, society tends to leave out, at least to date. And so your art is the is sharing the narrative of beyond those typical classical interpretations of women in society. Uh, That's, the goal. That's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah. So um, I would say with a lot of my pieces, I either pull from personal stories and they could be um, you know, funnier or they could be lighthearted, but then they also address something that's a bit more serious. Um, one piece I actually did yesterday is called um, Barely Keeping It Together. And so it's kind of tough to see in the screen because I don't have uh. a lot of light. But just the idea of, you know, struggling with what we're going through right now. I think that a lot of times, um, at least I've been told that when I'm too upset, that I'm too upset, or if I'm too happy, then I'm too happy. And that I feel like a lot of times women are told that they have to live within a range of emotion. So even using this piece as an example to kind of express that, you know, not every day I'm not okay. And that's okay. So um, to be able to share that variety of emotion and put that out there and connect that to portraits of women. My goal is to kind of show others that either relate to that piece or didn't realize that society kind of does this to women to kind of have that conversation with them to kind of show that people can live beyond the stereotypes that we've kind of created as a society for each other. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I, I guess I've put a fair amount of thought into this recently, but it just seems to me like what a, dumb thing to put to put women in like this very limited position in culture it's like i don't know at some point maybe maybe the people who do that have a female as a daughter and it's like uh that was just it's just a bad strategy for like legacy i feel like you know yeah. i don't get it <laughs> i think it also happens uh, with masculinity as well the reason why i don't focus on masculinity is because that's something that you know, I guess in a way it does indirectly affect me, but not as direct as um, how people interpret women. But like when we, we also do the same thing or things similar to men, like men also can't express emotion other than being like stoic when it's like, that's bullshit. We all have a wide, you know, variety of emotion. Um, so my hope is like, even with this work is that um, we kind of dismantled like the gender stereotypes in general. I just happen to focus on what um, affects me the most on a day to day. That's cool. Um, I like that. 
hats off to you. I'm, I'm excited for you to, to change culture. Try I'm to. curious. Well, so, so what is your view on art and its position in culture and, and how does your work affect how we think about this problem? I think that art in general, people can relate to art in a way that I guess is very emotional. So whether it's visual art like me or in movies or through music, I feel like we could connect with each other as humans that then influences how we see other people as a whole that then can hopefully influence our policy to be more empathetic towards each other. Um, so even though I'm one artist and part of like a bigger puzzle of just people putting their authentic selves out there, um, I do think art is one of the first ways that people can start to see the perspective of others um, and start to see the perspective of lives that they haven't lived themselves. Wow. Well said. The words. Thanks. The words. <laughs> the words. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes they say things and I'm like, mm, eh, it's fine. Hey, I got the point across, but thank you. <laughs> hey, so tell me this. Back, this, We kind of touched on this earlier. It's a slightly variant uh, conversation of you may, I mean, you, your accolades are endless. <laughs> I'm just looking at, I'm looking at paragraphs full of it. Uh, and you know, you've worked with massive companies, but when you win an award like Forbes 30 under 30, is there any resistance from the artistic community of like, oh, you're like mainstream or like a sellout or I like, I don't know, is, are your artistic friends, you know, back to that pure purist conversation? Do they frown upon things like this? No, I'm not, luckily not my friends. They're like, yes, get it. But like, uh, yeah. um, I would say in college, a lot of um, the painting majors would like look down upon design majors being like, oh, you're selling out because you'll be able to get a job after you graduate. Be like, <laughs> what? I was like, actually, yeah. I like design. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's really the only time that I've ever faced that. But um, I mean, people probably do think that. Um, I think the nice thing about Forbes is unlike most, and I tell every every artist this, I'm like, yo, if you're under 30, apply, um, is because most art competitions can be really expensive, which is a whole tangent, separate conversation about like accessibility and how only- To certain- enter into? Yeah. So- oh, interesting. Yeah. So like you, it costs a certain amount of money to enter. So then only certain people of a certain financial level oh. can enter, then they win and it kind of becomes a self-perpetuating situation. Interesting. But with Forbes, it's free. And most people assume that you have to be nominated by others, which you can be. Um, but I just nominated myself. <laughs> I was like, yes, I would like to win this award. I did it twice. I did it when I was 28 and then last year when I was 29. Um, and then last year is the year that I got it. Maybe they're like, eh, she's turning 30. We'll give it to her. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I loved about that award. And I tell a lot of people too, like if, you know, applying to awards is too expensive within the art community, at least this one is, you know, it just is a bit of your time. Wow. Um, of all the things you've accomplished, or maybe it's not an accomplishment, maybe it's a, a piece of art you've done or maybe an experience, what are you most proud of? I would say trusting in myself. That was something that took me a really long time to trust myself and my confidence. 
um, and to be able to leap into freelance, not really knowing how it would turn out and just kind of hoping for the best. Um, that's probably what I'm most proud of. And whenever I question my confidence, I try to remind myself of that version of myself and then it, it mm. kind of helps. Mm. When you look back on your career to date and the things you've been through, what are three things that you've learned or maybe someone shared with it, uh, with it, with you that you might be able to share to the audience? First one is don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, I learned that at a very young age in a math class. I was like, I'm good at math. I don't need help. And then we got to calculus and I was like, what? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I could not figure that out on my own. Um, So asking for help, I mean, not a very young age, just high school. I'm not a math prodigy. Um, But ask for help. You know, if you um, are struggling with something, whether it's personal or it's at your job or it's your freelancer like me and you're not too sure, always ask somebody else for their point of view because it might help. You might not agree with it, but it might help you in some way unlock something that you may not have figured out on your own. Um, The second one would be always ask for what you're worth. Um, It's I've learned the hard way when like you talk to other artists about projects that you worked on together and they're like, yeah, can you believe they paid me this? I'm like, what? (laughs) I didn't get paid that. Um, So really asking for what you're worth. And then circling back to the first one, ask others that have done projects that are similar, like, Hey, um, you know, how much, what was the budget for that project for you? Um, mm. I think gaining that knowledge really your confidence to make sure that you're paid what you're worth, which is important. Mm. And then the third one is to take breaks. I feel that, um, especially while I was working full-time and juggling both full-time and freelance, I just felt like I always needed to like push forward and do as much as I could with the time that I have. But eventually that physically wears you out. So I think that if you can take time to recharge, it's just as important as doing the work itself. Wow. Preach Amber. I'm at the end of the phase <laughs> now. No, seriously. Like, it's Thanks. so interesting you say that. Cause I'm, I'm, I've currently read four or five books, not consciously that are all po- pointing towards that last piece of advice you, you gave me. So I just read a book called the relentless elimination of hurry. And they're like, Ooh, I need like, to read that. That sounds good. Yeah, that's pretty good. So it's, but he's like, he's, it's just, you got to slow down or else you get to like, I've accomplished many more goals than I ever set at the beginning of my journey. And then you like, at some point reflect, I guess I'm doing that right now of like, wait, what's the point if you're not, if you're just like running yourself into the ground and not enjoying life along the way, which I, I mean, I have, but you know, not, maybe not I know enough. What you mean. Yeah, no, yeah. I know what you mean. Cause like, even when you do enjoy it, uh, you know, sometimes like you're like, Oh, I, you have this never ending to-do list. So now I've just of the mindset that I was like, the to-do list is not going to go away until I die. So it can take a pause for a minute <laughs> and like I could chill. It's interesting. You have that perspective though. Come in. I mean, from a place like Vayner Media, where Gary Vaynerchuk is the the king of hustle, it seems. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I used to make. Yeah. I mean, I still make fun of him because, like, a hu- the hustle is a dance, man. Like, it's not a lifestyle. Um, wow. But wow. it can be. I mean, he'll laugh at that. He loves when people. <laughs> he loves when people like combat him all the time. It's fine. But it's for me. Yeah. For him, it works for him. I think that like if that's your mentality and like that's how you 
gain the most happiness for yourself, then do it. Um, mm. But for me, that wasn't. And I think that's where that unhappiness, at least towards the end of my time at Vayner, really came from because I was just burnt out. And that was something that wasn't for me. Um, mm. So it's good to learn that. I think like yeah. what works for others may not work for you. And I think the idea of hustling in the sense that Vayner does it was something that I, it just wasn't a fit for me. Amber, so what do we got to do to get uh, some of your art in our house? Yeah, I gotta I'll, send, I'll send you some. Just like send me your address. I'll send you some. I, I really resonated with barely keeping yourself together. Yeah, well, after, <laughs> after I scan it in, I'll send it to you. It's small, so yeah. it could fit pretty much anywhere. So yeah, just message um, me. Well, I would be honored. It was really a pleasure speaking with you, Amber. I yeah. admire you um on a, on a lot of different levels one Thanks. for your courage to reach out to people be a professional emailer as you have but you know you've found a way to make your passion your profession and um i think that's amazing but then i also just really truly love uh your mission behind what you're doing so um i think you're a role model I think that's safe to Thank say. And I, think, I also think you're great at words and you should probably like give yourself more credit with that. But <laughs> that's a conversation for another day. Uh, <laughs> thank but th you. Yeah. Thank you for the time, Amber. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was nice chatting with you.